Okay, this is a little more complicated, <laughs> but in our, basically in our teaching agreement in our union or whatever, mm-hmm. um, teachers have some autonomy written in that language. And so for a principal to say like, okay, we're having a no phone policy technically infringes on that. So if people were upset enough about that, they could, you know, go to our union and say, it's my right to let students have cell phones. Welcome to the Let's Not Sugarcoat It podcast, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Alex and Bella. Let's get into it, ladies. Let's get into it. Today, we have Juliana Lowen in the house, and um, I'm going to read her bio, but it's in the first person, so I'm changing it to third. Here we go. So Juliana is a full-time middle school teacher and has taught grades 7 to 12 in the last 10 years of her career, with her favorite grade being whatever one she's teaching. Oh, I can't wait to pick your brain about teaching. <laughs> she has three boys, eight, four, and two. And so she's been exhausted for the last eight years and also the luckiest woman alive, she says. Her husband and her met in university at 19 and 20, and she claims they're kind of gross because they're still madly in love. So they're gross to be around, she says. (laughs) They Um, got married at 19 and 20. 20. Yeah. Oh, that's like young. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have some Not so common anymore. No. (laughs) No, that's cool. Um, She started a travel uh, journalism January 2020 with your first trip on New Year's Day, and it was born from her love of traveling, writing, and meeting new people. It's grown into an exciting enterprise of world travel. She can tell us all about her summer trip she went on this year, Um, a mixing of cultures and sharing of knowledge. She's been interviewed by numerous podcasts, BBC, CTV, uh, traveled with journalists from Canadian Geographic, and crossed a plethora of exciting adventures off her list. And now... And now. Featured locally at Let's Not Sugar sure. yeah. <laughs> Featured locally. So she has uh, three kids, a full-time teaching degree, a career. teaching career, and she has sprinkle of fashion and lifestyle content in her Instagram feed. Uh, so she shares all her favorite female-owned and local businesses, and it's been a great joy. Um Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here, and we're just gonna ask more about herself. <laughs> it's long, it's amazing. But okay, yeah. So tell us about yourself, because I'm sure there's tell like us more. Yeah, what what makes you you, and how did you get into? Well, actually, tell us your love story. I'm so yeah. intrigued because we haven't <laughs> in had, university. You know, uh, yeah, 1920. She got married. You know, you met in university and got married. Um, that's young. It it was young. It was just. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It was a whirlwind romance. I mean, I saw him for the first time. I was with my sister and I pointed him out. I'd never seen him before. And I said, I'm going to marry him. (laughs) And she looked at me and went, you wish. (laughs) She kind of laughed at me. And anyways, I didn't actually meet him for months. Mm. And, um, he just kept coming up in my life. He sat behind my best friend in biology. Um, I was a youth leader. His brothers came to, I'd run into them at the mall. Like, I mean, Kelowna is a small town. It just, it felt like I couldn't escape him. And when we finally did meet, it was like, oh yeah, we were best friends mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. That's cool. So I think we only dated for about seven months before we were engaged. And then we were married within a year or just over and yeah. And the rest been, is history. And now you yeah. have three kids. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We waited five years to have kids because we were so young and we were still in school and everything. But 
Yeah. Three kids later, here we are. Yeah. Crazy. And are they all boys, your kids? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Three boys. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy too. Yeah. (laughs) Because I have girls, right? So I'm I'm always fascinated by the difference. You know, mom who have only girls and mom who have only boys. And then there's like, you know, that mixture of um, how different life yeah, is. And I always wanted a girl for, I mean, for lots of reasons, but that reason too, where it's like, I want to see the differences mm-hmm. like for science. Yeah. teacher you. Yeah, totally. yeah. Like, We're just going to have to experiment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like uh, my girlfriends who had all boys um, and then I had the girls, we were, you know, hanging out together for a period of time when the kids were toddlers and young. But then once we started the sports and the dance mm. and we just kind of grew apart, we haven't, we didn't see each other because the sports and activities took over and we, we totally. had nothing in common. Mm. So it, it now we're kind of reining it back in because our kids are, you know, 11, 12, 13 so now it's not so intense yeah. where we can be like, oh, hey, girlfriend, it's been like, you know, eight years. <laughs> Kelowna <laughs> nice is intense with the kids' sports. Yes. I'm finding as my little guy's coming up, I'm like, he's in soccer. He's not even that good, but it's like the parents on the sidelines are intense. <laughs> She's a soccer mom. I like soccer. <laughs> but yeah, no, for sure. that It is intense, but I like the soccer community. It's like a good little oh, yeah. rah-rah. Totally. But you can take it like... I mean, Amy's kids from like Amy from Chic, she's in like competitive soccer Mm -hmm. and they travel all over. Yeah. Yeah. My kids are starting competitive, competitive dance this um, upcoming year. So yeah, we'll be in for a ride for sure. Mm -hmm. But that's it. We have them in piano and dance because last year and the year previous, we had them in so many different things and it was just... It's too much. So yeah. I'm like, just pick something. We're going to stick to it. And then mm. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. Commit to one thing and commit to one and, and just roll with it. And they like dancing. They're not very sporty. I mean, dance is a sport, uh, but soccer, it's a, a hard no for yeah. them. Yeah. They don't like biking, anything mm. that's actually like super like active. <laughs> well, they're going to be super active because they have to take four dance classes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's, a lot, of that's a lot of dance. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of ab work. A lot of, yeah. yeah. A lot of yeah, ab work. Tap jazz for sure. All that kind of stuff. But I yeah. actually think it's less intense here for sports than Vancouver. Like people oh, are okay. crazy people there. Like their kids are in stuff like seven days a week. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, it's a little much. I find it a little more less. I think you can find them everywhere, actually. When you, I think you can, but I think it's like less, or at least in the school culture that I feel like we're in, like I notice less of it. Mm-hmm. It feels like, a, or like even people we know, it's not like, oh, what are your kids in? Are they in like, you know, and Saturdays are all booked up with like every activity. And so is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> They're doing like lacrosse and like all the things. But anyway. I'm too selfish to put my kids in everything because I'm like what about me I need some time yeah some downtime (laughs) yeah that's that my rule is Monday to Thursday and then Friday Saturday Sunday are family day yeah yeah that's a good rule yeah that's just good to have some kind of boundary yeah there yeah so yeah so tell us a little bit you I know you had a bunch of questions Alexandra about the school system oh yeah we wanted to know about the school tell us about middle school let's start with that Middle school is 
hilarious. It's it's funny. I went in to be a high school teacher and mm-hmm. I thought like, I'm not teaching anything lower than grade 10. And I got placed at OKM uh, for my practicum and my grades that I taught were mostly seven, eight. And I was like, I'm going to die here. Like, I am <laughs> not going to enjoy this. And I fell in love. I loved, especially my grade nines, that became my favorite year, which it's funny. Like you talk to an elementary teacher, they cannot fathom being you know a high school teacher you talk to a high school teacher and it's like I could never do kindergarten <laughs> right <laughs> which is so great that we all have our strengths because we just do what we love but um yeah I love middle school they're so funny they're just finding their way and they think they're adults and they're they're still like fun enough to do things with but activities and that kind of thing but they're getting a little bit older you can have some good conversations and stuff so mm, that's yeah. cool how come every city doesn't have middle school Um, I think I'm not a hundred percent on this, but I think it has to do with populations, Mm. um, and splitting up, uh, like how much our schools can handle. So the capacity, for example, most of the middle schools in Kelowna are six, seven, eight, my middle school is seven, eight, nine, because KSS can't handle taking another grade at this time. So until Glenmore has its own high school or whatever, that'll be that so mm, crazy yeah yeah and I know um we were gonna ask you about like because I think when we first thought of asking you on we were on this big rant about phones in right school. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah tell us about what is it like in the schools do kids just have their phones out all the time yeah so it depends what school you're at because I know I'm pretty sure it's Spring Valley Middle Phones are not allowed. Oh. Um, I'm a big proponent for, as much as I'm on social media and you wouldn't think it, I'm very much uh, a supporter of getting phones out of school. Mm-hmm. And the reason is like school is where you send your kids to have those social interactions that are shaping them for the rest of their life, even the negative ones. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, it's amazing. Like, so if you walk down a middle school or high school, you will see every head bend. Mm. Oh, that's so sad. Every (laughs) single one. And I remember I finally got so sick of it this year. And this was a bit of a bad year because the kids I had this year in grade nine were, you know, those COVID kids who were kind of forced to use their phones because we were trying not to mix too much technology and touch things and all that, right? So we were really encouraged to use their personal devices. And now that, you know, we don't really have to worry about that as much, um, they're still just so addicted to their technology. But it's also an escape, right? It's a way to not get stuck in an awkward conversation. It's a way to um, avoid. It's a safety, right? I I heard one older teacher, it was like, it's like every kid walks around with their blankie, Mm -hmm. right? Uh Like, but it's their phone. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I I got really fed up with it this year. And I finally sent a nice email out to all my parents. But I was like, I just want you to know what this looks like. Like, I'm sitting at the front of the room. I have a very clear cell phone policy. They've had lots of reminders. I'm looking at a class of 24. There's one kid not on their phone right now. And they, they all have something they should be doing. Yeah. And I was just like, this is a battle. Like I can't fight 24 kids. Like you're probably struggling with this in your own home with your two kids or whatever. Right. And I have 24 that want to be on their phones. Like I'm drowning in this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was like, we got to work together because we have the same goal. We both love your kids. And we want them to learn. We want them to have positive social interactions. We want them to be safe. And we want them to be having fun and making memories. Like I teach foods. 
mm-hmm. should be the funnest that class you've be ever fun. been in, right? <laughs> you should be like so hands-on and active in that. And um, oh, I have kids that would rather sit on their phone than cook, yeah. right? Because it's just easy. It's so mm-hmm. mindless. And we're getting sucked into that like habit of being mindless Yeah, that even fun things feel like work. And that's where I think the danger yeah, is. I so do true. agree. So yeah, I know there was, um, Amy was like, she wants her kids to have phones, right? Um, but I'm always anti the phone <laughs> because I don't believe that school should have a clear policy that you can have your phone in your locker when you come in and then when you leave, you can take it out. That's my... So my, why can't they do that? Okay, this is a little more complicated, <laughs> but in our basically in our teaching agreement in our union or whatever, um, mm-hmm. teachers have some autonomy written in that language. And so for a principal to say like, okay, we're having a no phone policy technically infringes on that. So if people were upset enough about that, they could, you know, go to our union and say, it's my right to let students have cell phones. That being said, it's a very small majority of teachers, at least at my school, mm-hmm. who want kids to have access to their phones all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a big push this year uh, to be in agreement with this similar language, similar rules sort of across the board. Because that's the tricky thing in saying like, okay, every teacher can have their own policy. Well, these kids go to eight classes. Yeah. So it's like, how do you keep straight what this teacher allows and what that teacher doesn't allow? And this one's totally strict. This one's, you know, and there's, and so I just don't see a place for a phone in a classroom. Like, I just don't understand. I'm I'm like, I'm not getting it either. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't get it. Like, I don't get how this is a helpful thing in a classroom and why it's so, there's so many rules in Canada. (laughs) Like I've traveled just, you know, like you have lived in in different countries. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you go to these other schools. My kids started school in Taiwan and yeah, kindergarten or not, but the education there is so superior to what is here, even mm-hmm. in elementary cooking classes. I mean, they were learning how to cook. They had little, you know, chef's hat. They had um, ovens that, you know, obviously supervised. They had yeah. a garden that they were growing up top and they were growing their own food. Oh, that's They so had cool. a drama cool. area so they could express and, and learn. They actually... Um, uh, we had snow days where it was funny. Uh, like fake snow? Fake oh. snow and everybody had to bring twigs <laughs> and mittens. Um, but yeah, it was, it was you know, reading and writing at an early stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, musical instruments. Like my kids are still, they're going into grade five and they have not picked up a musical instrument in Kelowna mm. here in, mm-hmm. in the last two grades. In Edmonton, because uh, I had them repeat grade three, in grade three, they were already learning ukuleles. Mm. So, you know, we had concerts and, you know, where's the singing? Where's the choirs? Like, I don't understand what is happening. Did choirs disappear from COVID? Um, perhaps, but a lot of those things are coming back, oh. right? Because almost everything extracurricular was shut down during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of those are making their comeback and that's really nice to see. Yeah, because like our kids, we yeah, love the music choirs and they're too. like, we're, you know, we were paying for our kids to go singing in mm-hmm. a choir group that nobody but, went to. Yeah. Like it <laughs> fell apart from well, COVID. Well, it fell apart that, like we had the, but they were good. They, they were, were cute, cute yeah. on Christmas. But now I'm like, <laughs> I have to pay for my kids to, you know, sing Versus it should be part of music class. Like, right. where is Although that they type had of music education? class 
this year. Yeah, no. They had that music teacher. No, no, they had music class. It just yeah, no where's choirs, your instrument? Yeah. Where's like where where's that piece, right? Like so we were the blessing and the curse of the BC curriculum is that it's very open-ended. Mm-hmm. And this was implemented just a few years ago. It's fairly recent. And it essentially goes away from the model that it's like, okay, in grade 10, you learn World War II. You know, that's mm-hmm. written in there. You must cover these easies. It's good in the way that if a teacher is not passionate about World War II, but maybe they're passionate about the Vietnam War or something like that, they can teach the same concepts through that. Um, the danger of it is that you might get through high school and never know what the Holocaust was, That's right? That's insane to that me. That is insane. <laughs> so I had, oh my gosh, I can't even right now. <laughs> years ago, I was at a, yeah. a high school and I was in grade 10. And it's an option out of a list of options to talk about this concept of conquest or colonialism or dictatorship or whatever it is in that particular year. Um, and you can, you know, use these events in history and you can choose one or you can choose 10 or whatever. And so in grade 10, I I had many students more than not who didn't know what the Holocaust was. That's insane. And that as like a history lover, I was just like, I can't even right now. Because how do we not repeat our mistakes? How do we not understand the present if we don't understand what has shaped where we've ended up, right? Mm -hmm. Or what if these kids go to, because you're saying this is a BC curriculum thing. So... Say your kid goes to school in Ontario and they're learning mm-hmm. about the Holocaust. Is it maybe part of the curriculum still? As and far as I know, yes. Because when we taught in Abu Dhabi, it was an Alberta curriculum. Mm-hmm. And it, I taught grade eight history and it was very much like, you will teach the Aztecs, Japan and First Nations. And there was like four things. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this is what they learn in grade eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, so then you're going to go like, say you're in BC, you're like, oh, I'm going to go to university at Queens or something. And you're sitting in some history class and you're like, I didn't know the Holocaust existed. <laughs> I can just imagine everybody else being like, what are they doing right? in BC? That's crazy. I'm outraged. (laughs) You should be at today's PAC meeting and you're going to be the voice of like us because I am too passionate. I'm going to say passionate. I went to a PAC meeting and I couldn't do it. it um, We're going to shake the PAC up a little this year. This PAC is a little stuck in their ways. No offense, PAC. But (laughs) we got some fresh blood in there. So I think it'll be good. Nice. But I don't know. But that is insane to me that we're not teaching kids about World War II. Okay. So I I should say we're not necessarily not teaching them. It's yeah. just that a teacher it's has a the option. option. Yeah. Right. And then right. also within that, we've split up like there is no longer English class in high school. It's split up into categories. So you take, um, I think there's six. I've been in middle school too long, but I'm pretty sure it's six. And so it's it's broken down into like um, creative writing, essay writing, um, spoken language. And so you can take more of like an oral focused English um, or a creative writing side. But how would you but know if it- you don't like experience all of it? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, um, like me as an immigrant, oral was really difficult because like my language like my I still I know I still have an accent I have difficulty speaking certain words but I did better writing and reading but I 
now I can speak. I'm I'm doing a podcast. Right. But if I wasn't exposed, because I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'm so worried about my accent and this and that. Yeah. I'm just going to focus on my writing, reading and whatever, mm-hmm. creative writing. I wouldn't be talking here right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I agree with that's you. So how, how do you like, at, at that stage of development, mm-hmm. I feel like you need to be exposed to every avenue and mm-hmm. go through certain things. Uh, because if you don't, then you'll never know and you won't take those chances because we're not taught. We're already not taught to try new things. Right. And we're like, okay, you need to pick one thing and stick with it. Right. Right. Well, to avoid anxieties, right? Because this, I mean, anxiety is such a big thing in our culture right now. We're really teaching kids that they can just avoid. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, phones is kind of part of that as well. But I, my school in elementary school was so cool. Every other year, so they would do dance fest one year, speech fest the other. So every year was one of the two. Dance fest meant your whole class learned to dance and every class did it. And then we all had like this big festival and everyone did their dance in front of the school. Mm-hmm. Next year was speech fest. And one boy and one girl from every class was elected whose speech was the best. So you performed it first in front of your class. Mm-hmm. And then you, one boy, one girl was chosen to do it for the whole school. Yeah. So in grade six, I got picked and I did not want to do it. And mm-hmm. I was almost crying to my mom. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I'm terrified. And she was like, no, like you got to do it. And I was having nightmares, like the typical, like I'm in front of the school without pants on kind of nightmares, (laughs) right? And I did it. And I am so happy because I, as soon as I was finished, I was Mm -hmm. like, I can do this. Yeah. I went on to give a speech that wedding at my uncle's wedding. He had like 400 people there. I was like 12 years old, you know, and like now I'm a teacher. That's obviously a lot of public speaking and I love public speaking now. And I probably never would have if I hadn't just been pushed that one time. Mm -hmm. So then what is like, what are they saying is the advantage then because they have one, I'm sure, of letting kids choose what of those paths they take. Maybe this is the cynic in me, but I think we just only want to see people succeed. And so if we have, you know, a student who, you know, isn't good at the public speaking, but really good at this creative writing, and we say, okay, that's okay, you can do creative writing, then we celebrate that success. Right. But there's so many failures in life. And if you never fail, my God, you're going to like crawl into <laughs> a hole and, and die. And then you go to university <laughs> somewhere? I'm stuck on this. Like, is it only BC that's like this? Like, if you go to university somewhere else and they're like, now you're in English, write an essay. Oh, I never wrote an essay in my life. Well, that's I mean, ridiculous. I went to university in BC. I had to give a lot of presentations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... And I, I went know, to university in BC. <laughs> so when I went to university. <laughs> but when we went, I went, lived in Ontario. So I had grade 13 at the time. And so when I came to university in BC, and this was a million years ago, I actually got to skip first year English and it was required because all they were learning in first year English was how to write an essay. Mm. And we'd already written essays. Mm-hmm. So it was done. But anyway, yeah. BC, they're a little liberal sometimes, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. It's okay. a little too much of an experiment going on, I feel. It boils here. down, I think, to a little bit about image. We want to see everyone graduating, even if we're pushing kids through and mm-hmm. it's, you know, whatever. Um, we want to see like everyone succeed and feel good about themselves. And I just think that's a disservice because like yeah. you said, mm-hmm. real life, You're that's going to hit even harder yeah. than if you didn't have we're those experiences. Teaching right? people 
because they have anxiety that we're not teaching them how to cope with that. We're not mm-hmm. giving them, you know, tools and coping mechanisms of how to deal when you're feeling those emotions. Yeah. We're just saying, we're going to just like pretend they don't exist. We're going to move it. You know, we're going to wash it under the rug. And yay, here's a, you know, participation participation award. Right? Yes. Like, it's it's so funny because, you know, this was my pet peeve last year because I had because I have the twins, so I can compare mm-hmm. the teachers. Mm-hmm. Not that I do, but I do. Uh, <laughs> one was so hardcore on like homework. I was getting frustrated because we were getting university. You know me. Oh, like, we those were like, words what were the so heck? hard. They're, yes. I'm like, <laughs> what, what language are we speaking right now? I didn't have this in university. And then the other one's like, we don't do tests because there's kids that have anxiety. So we are doing no tests. Mm-hmm. Okay. uh, Yeah. I also find that, that there's this pendulum. Mm -hmm. It's like, why can't we meet in the middle? Why do we have to be so extreme this side or this side? Right. Like, yeah. We're going to be tested in life, people. Stop babying the babies. You know, they need to grow a backbone and deal with shit. Because shit's going to happen. <laughs> this is a very impassioned episode. All right. I, I want to know in the last like 10 years, yeah. have you noticed more kids have anxiety then? Like, is there more of that happening? Are kids more, like, has it changed in the last 10 years? Coming back from this mat leave. So I came back in February of the 2023 teaching year. Mm-hmm. I had never seen such a difference in kids. I was shocked. It was so much disrespect, so Mm. much like no matter what you did. And I know there were other factors like coming in in the middle of the year is hard, right? Not being able to set the tone right from the beginning Mm -hmm. is different. Mm But the issues with cell phones, with respect, with um, the way they talk to each other, all of that was, I thought, exponentially different than I had experienced in the past. I saw a big difference, but also you can get whole, this is the weirdest phenomenon I find as a teacher is you can get a whole year Mm -hmm. of tough kids Mm -hmm. and you can get a whole year of good kids. And it's funny because my husband taught at the elementary school when these guys were in grade three and they came up a tough year from that age. Oh, and they're still a tough year. And so I think like, cause then that was my grade nines last year and my grade eights in that same year Mm -hmm. were amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I loved them. And so it was, I love all of them, but it was just, they were easier to love. (laughs) And so sometimes that just happens too. There's Mm -hmm. tough groups and I don't know what is the psychology behind that, but. Do you think we give too much power to the children? Oh, a hundred percent. Like when did that shift? Like when did that shift where teachers and uh, like people in authority lost their power to actually educate and discipline mm. the children. I mean, we we are, you know, all a collective and we mm-hmm. want to raise, you know, good human beings and, you know, productive members of society, but we're giving them this power to be certain way without any consequences. I mean, in Poland, I mean, this is, you know, if I stuff, I don't agree with this, but in grade one, I was talking, I was given a warning, but somebody did something and I had to talk to them. So the teacher brought me to the front. She had to do, she had to do it, you know, but she thought she took me to the front. Did she you know? beat you? Yeah. She, yeah. Like I had to oh, wow. uh, not beat me like, but yes, with the like, ruler on the with hand. the rulers, I stood in the, at the you know, mm-hmm. so that was only punishment and mm-hmm. was public humiliation. Right. But do you think I did it again? No, but I'm not saying 
you know, beat the children. But I'm saying take away some of their power and give them some consequences because there will be when they leave consequences to their actions. You know, you you won't be able to go in the real world act like a jerk Mm -hmm. and not pay the piper at the end because one day somebody's going to come and, Mm. you know, punch you in the face. (laughs) Well, and I think the phones coming back to that do give away that power. Like they're saying like they're sitting there on their phone they're entitled to and allowed to and that's weird well something I read recently that interested me on the phone issue so much was that what has happened with the fact that you can have a phone in front of you and find out pretty much anything in the world right you have the wealth of everything we know in your hand is that kids are not believing that authority I mean used to be you have a question you go to mom dad you go to your aunt uncle grandma you ask your teacher, mm-hmm. right? And now they don't know as much as you can access in your hand. And that's changing how children are seeing adults. And that just slapped me in the face. I was like, wow, okay. I mean, that's a shift that, I mean, if that's true, like that's significant. That's yeah, huge. No. And it's really important to, um, I don't know, teach your kids about that phone use, right? Because they're going to come a lot, come across a lot of things that aren't true on there. Like right? fake news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. My kids come but, with fun facts all the time. I'm like, that's not true. Yeah. So, yes, it is. Not no, a true it's fact. not. <laughs> okay. Fact check, please. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get your sources. Get your sources. So yeah. do kids like, maybe this happens like not in middle school or maybe it does, but do kids say you're wrong and they Google something and are like, no, I just looked it on Google. I'm like, do they do that? Maybe not to you because you're so nice, but do they do that to other teachers? Um, I had one girl. I mean, I don't encounter it that much anymore because my courses aren't as academic. So I used to do history, English, and I'm doing foods now. And um, But I had one student this year and she would always like, that's not how you do it. Or like, we're doing it this way because you're wrong. Just blatant oh about it. And I was just like, okay, like, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, that's... Yeah, just respect. Oh, That's respect the thing. Is, is like we're we need to do better. As I think a yeah, society a little bit to, just, to like the it's a, a parenting thing. Yeah, um, there's a little bit of a collapse there, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. So, do you think that that shifted? Like we there at some point there was like an extreme. Like we used to be like oh authority, 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 mm-hmm. and then somewhere along the line, like maybe more gentle parenting. I don't know what it is like. But there was a lot of that about how don't yell at your kids, don't do whatever. Like, do you think that shifted how people parented? And then now it's like... We have little assholes running. Or, or like it just went too far the other way and one day it'll come well, maybe back. Well, that's the thing. It's that pendulum again. It's like, okay, yeah. The, I mean, hitting children in public humiliation, it was like, th- that was too much. That was mm-hmm. yeah. wrong, right? That's not the right way to go about it. But... No it's discipline. Like we took that reaction yeah. and went, okay, yeah, no discipline. Yeah. Somehow we've ended up there. And then it's like, well, that's also hurting our kids, right? Mm-hmm. Because discipline is how we tell kids we love them. Because it's like, you have this real, it's the whole like, this hurts me more than it hurts you, right? Yeah. It's like, I have to discipline you because I don't want you to be a little asshole. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I want you to learn this lesson and be a functioning, wonderful member of society. And one day when we get past this teenage parent relationship, I want to be friends with you. Yeah. Right. right now we can't be because you are still learning and you're 
literally your brain is immature. It is maturing yeah. right now. And so I need to teach you these things as your parent. That's my my job. And when you're an adult, we can be friends and that's going to be beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think about, oh, there's so many times I wanted to scream, I hate you at my yeah. mom, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I never sure. did, of course, but I, yeah, you I, know, I, and now my mom, I, I couldn't imagine life without her. She mm-hmm. is everything to me. We wouldn't have that if she just let me do whatever I want because yeah. I wouldn't respect her the same way. Yeah, you'd be and like, I would be like, why did you let mom. me do that? Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, the worst I can say is, why did you let me wear that with yeah. that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it wasn't like, why did you let me go to that party where I was hurt, or right? why did you let me get away with this when yeah. I should have learned this lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, were fun. you? I mean, you must have such an interesting perspective as a teacher, like, as I'm listening to you, like how you're framing everything. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could frame stuff like that to my kids. I can work on it. But do you find that you're good at that? Like, I mean, obviously we all struggle with things in parenting, but do you find that some of that like comes naturally in parenting? Then you bring some of that teaching and the way you're communicating to your students. Or is it different? Because, you know, it's different different with your kids. Yeah. Because I find other kids amazing and I can have a... a nice conversation when there's something happening, I can approach them and be like, hey, listen. And I find those words, it's, you know, that gentle parenting. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to my kids, there's a trigger (laughs) and it's like, (laughs) right? So it's, it's, yeah. Like, do you find that you're gentler, more understanding at school than you're at home? Or are you just understanding all around? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say it depends on the day. It depends on the day. Sometimes my students have taken everything I have to give Mm -hmm. and I come home with no patience for my kids and it's not their fault. (laughs) It's just what I've been through in the day. And sometimes I've had a great day and I have that patience and that, I don't Mm -hmm. know, have it within me to sit down and have a parenting moment or whatever. I think always with your own kids. It's harder. It's harder because... I mean, there's no accountability there except maybe your partner. But um, no, I think that like being a parent has made me a better teacher. And being a teacher, I hope, makes me a better parent because I can see that step ahead. My kids are only, I mean, my oldest is eight. Mm -hmm. And so for me right now, I can be like, okay, I see the detrimental effects of those kids having their phones too young, Mm -hmm. even in their ability to interact socially. And so I'm like, I've already told my eight-year-old, I'm like, I'm just going to apologize in advance, but I'm not wavering on this. You will be the last person out of everyone you know to have a phone Mm -hmm. because I love you so much. And I don't want to do that to you. Like, oops. Yeah, and I guess like there was, um, I think it was, was it Amy who was saying that there's some pressure sometimes as a parent because your kids are like, well, everybody has a phone, right? And she was saying that her kids are like in that 11 and 12 age and all their friends have a phone and everybody has a phone and they all have it and use it at school. But it's hard sometimes, I guess, to say, but like you're saying, you just got to, I guess, hold your ground and say that's what you believe. That's what it comes down to. And you know what? I totally get that pressure. Um, And I would say, yeah, it's true. Almost every kid has a phone at school. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I talked to a few parents this year who had waited at least, like waited as long as possible. And I notice a huge difference in those students. 
in their ability to get their work done, to focus, to interact with others, to be mature with me as the teacher, respecting authority. Like I see those differences night and day mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the kid who is like literally addicted to their phone. And yeah. so many of my kids, I think this is one of the biggest issues is that there is no time regulation. These kids are watching shows till like 2, 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. They have no ability to say, mm-hmm. okay, like maybe I should go to bed. Yeah. Like at the very least, any parents who are listening to this, make your kids plug their phone in in the kitchen, some public space and go to bed Right in peace. Get a good sleep. It's so important. I take phones away. We yeah, have a lot of sleepovers. I'm like, other parents send their, you know, kids with phones. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I go, all the electronics in mind, they're all like, you know, bringing it they out from, bring it from like yeah, a blanket. From like a blankets and pillows and stuff. I'm like, no way. <laughs> And I don't want, and I say, I'll be back in five minutes, eyes closed. And then they're out, right? Yeah. But I have, so my kids do have phones. They don't have plans. And we do have strict rules. They are on a time limit um, and they don't get them every day. Yeah. Most of the time they lose them for like a week or two or three because, you know, mm. attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only leverage. Um so we try to use it as a positive thing too. It's like, okay, well, if you do this, this, and this, you will get access to your phone for this amount of time. Yeah. Um, so I can see it being used in a positive way, but mm-hmm. I still do not believe that there should be any phones in the school, in the backpack, in the locker, morning in, afternoon out, and then and then go. Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the attention span, like the kids don't have attention spans. Oh, I find like yeah. when my kids are on their phone for even an hour and you try to talk to them, there's an instant agitation. Yeah, mm-hmm. for there's sure. There's this attitude like, mm-hmm. da, 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 and it's like, come downstairs. We're having breakfast. I want to talk to you. And she brings the phone and she's, I'm like, what the yeah. heck? Like there's just no way. Well, and to be yeah. honest, I feel it in myself sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah, for like sure. where I'm like, I'm having a hard time sitting through dinner without grabbing my phone and looking at it. So how much more this young, impressionable, still growing into maturity mind can control that in themselves? Like it's, it's so much harder. And back to what you were saying about like, parents not wanting their kid to be the one left out. And it and it does come back to like, well, what is more important? Your kid has a phone like everyone else, or you are protecting them from... Mm -hmm you know, either missing out on these skills, missing out on fun, on life Mm -hmm. and all of that. I mean, my husband and I were literally just talking about this. He was listening to a podcast where the girl speaking was saying her parents never let her go to sleepovers. It was their like family rule. She was never allowed to go to sleepovers with friends. And she hated this rule. And she said, she turned 18 and her dad said, what do you want to do for your birthday? And she goes, I'm going for a sleepover, right? (laughs) And he's like, okay. She goes for a sleepover. And I guess it came up because it was her first one. Like, you know, what was it like sleepovers in the past and this kind of thing. She was the only one in that group of girls who hadn't been sexually assaulted in some way, big or small. Oh my In the entire group of girls at a sleepover. Wow. And she went home to her dad and just said, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying everyone should ban their kids from sleepovers, but it's not necessarily that you're doing your kids a favor by letting them be like everyone else. Yeah. Right? Right. It's your job to protect them. So you Mm -hmm. have to decide what that is. It must have been some random sleepovers because we only do sleepovers with people we trust. No. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Although that, all that, that one, one time. time. 
There was a one oh, time Sarah. that we did let our oh. kids go for a sleepover, but we will not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that was too bad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yes, valid yeah, point. Right. Okay, your valid point. point. Yeah. Okay, because I was like, oh no, but then, yeah. Yeah, there was that one time. <laughs> there was that one time. I'm like, okay, well, we won't do that again. Okay, we'll talk about that after <laughs> <Yeah>. the next. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. But I guess back to phones in the sense that you also, on top of teaching, have this job as a content creator, influencer. So part of that involves obviously content. So then how do you kind of bring some of that sort of into your that world for you? Like, how do you set your own boundaries with phones when you have this other... Like, because I know I don't like... I'm always wanting to create content for the podcast. And I'm like, okay, take a break. You know? <laughs> don't, you don't just capture every story, but yeah. How do you do that for yourself? Uh, I have to just set really clear boundaries and I can't um, waver on those even with myself because um, otherwise you are just pulling it out nonstop because you can always, the thing with being a content creator is you can always be working. You can always be yeah. building. You can always be creating. Like you literally always have something to do. And so to say like, that's enough for today. That's what you've done. And now you need to be mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like compartmentalizing them. So, I mean, one of the things I used to come home, my kids want to see me right away. They're all over me, but I have just those few emails or people to get back to a couple brand emails or whatever it is. And my husband finally just said, cause I was getting so frustrated because my kids want to jump all over me as soon as I'm home and I'm trying yeah. to still get a few things done. He's like, just stay in the garage, like mm. park the car, take your 15 minutes, answer your calls and then come in and come in without your, you know, have your phone put away yeah. so that it's like, you're not frustrated. You're not mad at them. They're just kids. Like mm -hmm. you've done your, and then when they're in bed, you come back to it. So it's just like figuring out those things that work for you. That's smart. Yeah. I know. I find I, I have a problem sometimes because like my work's always on my computer. Right. So sometimes I'll be like, my kids say I'm always on, I'm always working. And I don't think I am, but I do sometimes take really unopportune times if I've had a busy day doing something else or I like push something aside. I don't think I set good enough boundaries sometimes to be like, no, I'm watching a movie with the kids and actually like watching it mm -hmm. or like doing something with the kids instead of checking an email or getting back to someone. So yeah. 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 Because my, my kids also commented because I'm always like picture taking and and, you know, also content creating yeah. for the podcast. And we're like, oh, this is a good moment. And when I come to them, get off your phones. And they one time said, well, you're always on your phone. Yeah. That's kind of when it struck a chord. I'm like, yeah, no, I need to also set some boundaries in mm. how I show up for them. Because like you said, you know, you, you come in and you have these things and they see you on the phone. All they want is our love. Yeah. But we're, we're showing them that the phone is more important. They're, you know, it's just how mm -hmm. we show up for them is important as well because they are learning from our actions right. versus just what we tell them. I saw Isn't there real. a psychological thing now about like kids who feel that abandonment based on like phones? Well, I think it's there a is. form of neglect, yeah. right? Yeah. Even from, from breastfeeding. I remember when I had my first and I read this article and it was saying like, don't be on your phone when you're nursing. You think that that's just idle time, but it's so crucial that time when they're making eye contact with you, mm -hmm. they're actually like gaining empathy. Like they're... Yeah. Their bodies are are shaping and creating their minds, their hearts, all of that in that connection with just making eye contact while you're nursing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that I mean, you nurse, you sit down, you're like, oh, they're they're not doing anything and you're on your phone, right? And so how many other times 
are you just around your kids, but you're not spending time with them? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the modeling for sure. I mean, the modeling is everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had no time to hold a phone. I had twins. You were just like one holy one on one each and there. It's like go and switch. You're like, oh. <laughs> put my phone on the ceiling. I don't know how you survived that. Yeah, I could never do twins. You're oh. amazing. Well, you could do twins because you'd have to do twins because that's right. all you, you just would had have. to. I just had you know. to. Right. That's all I know. I that yeah. I have the twins. That's all I have. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> women who had just like singletons and went after like how do you go through that twice or three times <laughs> I'm like holy man like I just doing it all you just once did it all right once. and like yeah. being out of that diaper stage and then being into a toddler stage like it's just a one although I do miss it sometimes like I look at the babies and I'm like oh they're so good but now I'm like oh thank god like this is it like we're we're past You're like all we're past of that babyage. yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Because we're like, (gasps) no, I forget. I was just going to say that my cousin who has twins, they had a singleton after they had these twins. And she was like, it was just weird for her. She felt like she had all this time in her hands because she wasn't like constantly trying to do two baby things at once, right? Or she didn't always have to let somebody cry to get somebody else, like if somebody wanted soothing or whatever. Yeah. 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 That's full on. It's full on. I feel like we're almost out of time already, we're but not. We, we are a bit, but not out of time, out of time. But I feel like I wanted to know about your, like you started this content creation in 2020. So that's not even that long ago. You've turned it into this like empire. So how, tell us how you did this. Um, I So my husband has a lot of hobbies and <laughs> out of guilt for that, he was like, you need some hobbies. <laughs> And I know I love writing and I love travel. And he really encouraged me. He was like, you, university and work, I get, um, it's just my personality. I get caught up in it. I could be a workaholic if he let me. And he was like, you know, you should go back to some of the things that you love. And like when he met me, I had three jobs. I was like determined not to have student loans. I've always been that driven person. And so he's like, you know, you're done school. You're in your career. Now like find something you love to do on the side. And so he kind of put that that bug in my ear about travel journalism. And I had reached out to Kelowna now because I was like, yeah, where am I going to post this? I don't like, do I want my own website? Do, mm-hmm. How is this going to work? Um, but Kelowna now, I, I liked them for a news outlet, but they're kind of lifestyle-y and they're local. What's that? A Ryan ski. <laughs> Sorry. That's like speed it up. Your yeah. time's running out. <laughs> Anyways, I reached out to them. I said, I have this idea. I want to be like a traveling family. I want to focus on BC because I had traveled the world, but never been to Whistler. Oh, or, crazy, you know, yeah. I'd never seen the Kootenays. You mm-hmm. know, and my family, we had been here and we had been Vancouver. Like, that's it. Um, but, you know, I'd been to Cuba and I'd been, you know, all over the world. Yeah. So I was like, let's get to know like where we live a little bit more. And we're very outdoorsy. So that fit. And so we started and my first collaboration was with close by. It was White Lake Cabins in Shushwap and amazing family there that started this business. And we had a great time. Um, and then I got into some indigenous tourism with Kwaut Lodge and then COVID hit and we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe this will wait a little bit. Summer, it kind of opened up again. So we, we went to Emerald Lake Lodge and I saw that for the first time. And I was just like, man, we live in the most beautiful province. Like there is so much beauty here. And mm-hmm. I just, I was like, I want to see it all. So we just started Amazing. going everywhere. And, um, 
so I was writing all my articles for Kelowna now. And then also some of that would transfer to social media, but like three little kids, I can't be on the road full time. So yeah. I supplement that with like my other things that I think are fun, like fashion. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Love okay. it. Well, now it's time. Now for... we're almost done. Okay. So we usually end with some like rapid fire questions. So okay. tell us if, is there a parenting moment that you've had where you're like, Ooh, I wish I could have a redo on that. You know, like maybe you overreacted in a way, not overreact is a bad word, but maybe you react in a way that you're like, Oh, I could have done that differently. Is there like a moment that stands out for you? Oh my gosh. There's probably so many. Mm-hmm. Um, can I actually change that to a teaching moment? Sure. Sure. Okay. Because this one has always stood out in my mind. And you'll do this like as a teacher. You can do so many good things and parents do this too, but you remember that like one bad thing you did, you yeah. know? Um, I had a student who just drove me crazy and he was always kind of mopey and just kind of annoying and, um, never happy with anything, never excited about anything and always just wanted to like eat food. And he'd be so mad. Like we don't have the budget to eat every day. So we'll do like a cooking day and then we do a theory day and we go back and forth. And if every time we had a theory day, he would just complain and why aren't we cooking today? Why aren't we eating today? And I would just get so annoyed. Sounds like Kaylee. (laughs) (laughs) and I can't remember I made a snarky comment to him one time about it and I heard him that very same class later talking with a friend uh he was a food bank family and I thought (laughs) so he just loved cooking because he got a meal he got to eat eat. oh my gosh yeah yeah you never know yeah I was never the same after that yeah yeah Oh man. Well, thank you for opening up about that. that. Now we're all like crying. (laughs) What's a really positive like thing one of your kids has taught you? Like a really a moment where you're like, oh man, I learned something from you. From my kids. My oh I mean, they're all so different. You're you know, you're you Mm -hmm. get these kids, you're like, same parents, they're all so different. My oldest is so curious and inquisitive about everything. He just like I don't know. He just teaches me to like question everything and look at everything so deeply. And my middle, he looks at everything with just like such a tenderness. He's such a sweetheart, very sensitive. I don't know about the third yet. He's in terrible <laughs> twos. So <laughs> I'm learning patience from him. Right. <laughs> we were in Ireland this summer and the best description I've ever had of my my two-year-old, this stranger is kind of watching us. My two-year-old's doing his thing. He goes, there's a wee bit of devil in his eyes, isn't there? Laughs like, so yes, hard. Yes, there is. yes, yeah. So this summer, WestJet and your two-year-old taught you pastry. <laughs> nice. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So nice. And then I guess like, what's in a piece of advice? And you can do this from like a parenting lens or a teaching lens that you would give to parents, like new parents. What's a nice like about raising kids? Oh, man. I would say like, if you haven't had kids yet... Don't um, let the the negative things that are out there about parenthood stop you from having kids. Because I think like sometimes we focus on the negative because we can make fun of it and, and there's humor in it. And um, it kind of feels good to vent and things like that. And we rarely talk about like what's so beautiful about being a parent. And um, I find like there's this growing number of people who I'm encountering who are my age that haven't started having families yet or they've decided not to have families. And um, I don't want that to be because 
the messaging on social media or anywhere is that it's this big negative experience that you give up what you love. And we noticed this when we went and taught in Abu Dhabi because we took our one-year-old with us and we went to 14 countries that year with a baby. And there were so many, we worked with all young people and they were all just like, I just thought when you had kids, your life ended. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that so many people think that Mm. and your life does not have to end when you have kids. It looks different and you can't have it all, but it's, it's the greatest. Like I love being a parent and I just think like, don't not have kids because you think you can't travel or you can't have a career or, or whatever, you know, because I think that message is being shared strongly and then yeah, I think yeah, people I thought, will miss out on that. Yeah, people were like, oh, once you had kids, because we traveled quite a bit prior to having kids. And we traveled even more when we had the kids yeah. because we're like, oh, they're free until they're two. <laughs> so now we yes. got to get in. You know, yeah, so then geez. we like, we're just like going everywhere because they're free everywhere. And then we're like, okay, because then our lives will be over. My wings will be clipped. And that didn't happen. Yeah. We just dragged them all over the world right. with us. Right. And then the experiences they had. And to look through a child's eyes when mm-hmm. they first experience something that to you, you just overlook mm-hmm. and the joy and you know, the wonder yeah. is so amazing. That's what I loved about traveling with the children is seeing the world through their eyes. Absolutely. Because they're so innocent and mm-hmm. the, yeah, the experience is what shapes them to yeah. be the human beings that they are. So yeah, I do believe that life does not end after children. Mm-hmm. It does change and it depends how you welcome that change absolutely it's sure. how you're yeah. gonna experience whether it's you you that you're living a life or you everything's dead right yeah like, mm-hmm. yeah so no i i yeah. do believe that well thank kids. you yeah hey <laughs> she has so much she to is say so today. annoying today <laughs> no, no, it's like, this is so the third time you said this is over <laughs> Okay, she's it leaving. We're going to continue. <laughs> it is over. Um, I'm the timekeeper. <laughs> okay, thank you for being here. And thank where you can everybody me. find you? On Instagram, I'm at Low and Lifestyle. Okay. And my travel blog is on Clona Now under BC Bucketless Family. And I have three articles coming out over this summer. Um, the fun things that we've just done. Some are local and some are about our abroad trips. But yeah, on Instagram, everything is pretty raw with the traveling <laughs> mm, nice. where well, we look forward to sharing all your good adventures yes. Yes. and you. I hope our kids get you in middle school I feel like <laughs> you're the best teacher yes, yes. and then she'll be like oh my god there was this one and nine kid yeah. <laughs> or we'll like be hiding our phones from them yeah. Yeah. okay well thank you so much thanks for coming yes thanks okay, for till next time bye bye Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye.